0: Keeping you informed and inspired.
1: We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day.
2: With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious.
1: It's fun. It's your Catholic drive time. Now, here's your
0: host, Joe McClain.
1: Praise be
0: to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic drive time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you this Thursday, January the 19th, 2023. Praise be to God. Hey, is the military still punishing its members for not complying with those vaccines that have been rescinded? We're going to catch up on a lot of the military stories with Art Davis Yance, our friend and uh, lawyer from Pennsylvania. He's going to be on with us at 35 past the hour, so do join us if you can. Mark Houck is going to be on at 15 past the hour. He had a pre trial hearing yesterday, and his attorney dropped somewhat of a bombshell on the case. You might remember his... His house was raided by the FBI. He was uh, taken off and and arrested because he got into an altercation with an escort out inside of a uh, abortion clinic in Philadelphia. Turns out, the FACE Act doesn't actually cover the escorts. We're going to talk about that with Mark at 15 past the hour. Do join us if you can. Hey, here's a question: Why aren't Catholics, young Catholics in particular, getting married? I'm looking at you, Adrian Fonseca. I'm looking at you. We're going to talk about that at the top of the next hour. 54% of Catholic adults, uh, you know, that's all we're getting out of the Catholic adults is being married is 54%. That leaves a lot to be discussed. Do join us at the top of the next hour. Hollywood Studios lost over $500 billion in market value in 2022. Praise be to God. Uh, That's just mostly Disney. (laughs) Uh, 40. It's like 30 other media companies showed 40% losses as well. So Hmm. get woke, go broke. Hey, New Zealand's far-left prime minister, I mean, lock it all down. Uh, The queen of lock it all down, Jacinda Ardern. uh, She's gone, resigned. Hmm. Bye. Well, bye. See ya. Hey, the Justice Department on Tuesday claimed in the 11th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals that they want to bring back the mask mandates on planes, trains, and buses. No make, way. Make them great again, they said. No way. They didn't actually say that, but that's what they want. And, uh, oh, kind of reminds me also the HHS mandates, the, the public health emergencies powers. They've extended those yet again. Good times. Good morning to you, Rudy Carlos. Hey, good morning, Joe. And if they did that, would you comply? Mm-hmm.
3: I, I, to, have a, a I have a mask
0: mandate. I have trouble thinking that I would be. Able I, don't, to do I, I can't see it coming back. I don't know. I don't think so like, either. I don't like a. <laughs> towards the end like at the beginning when they were doing all the masking up there was a lot of like hey cover your nose and blah, blah, right. blah, blah, blah. But, but by the end it was like everybody was like we're past that we're done we're so done we don't want to do this anymore
3: no i see a lot of covidians around still you know
0: well i still see, still see some people wearing masks whatever listen i'm not going to bother someone if they want to wear a mask it becomes a problem when they when they want to force that on the rest of society when especially since all the uh, studies have come out showing that the masks didn't actually... Uh, Do anything. ...have any positive effect, but they yeah. had a lot of negative effects, especially on children. Yeah. You know, so... And then you're and you're already rubbing shoulders with the person sitting next to you on an airplane. Look, let me tell you this. You're already that close. The
3: first time I got the thing, I had a mask on. Somebody coughed on me. I got it anyway. So yeah. <laughs> I was at the airport. Yeah. That's how I got it the first time. Yeah. So, and um, I... I don't think I would be able to do it.
0: Well, speaking of getting it, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. He gets it.
3: Howdy, howdy. Does he get it? It's good to be Does here. Does he? I, 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 okay, Personally,
4: I would, I would never, never go back, mm-hmm. especially since I really never did to begin with. I just got in trouble. I got yelled at a lot. So is the wouldn't, mask wouldn't the mark of the beast? It. Almost certainly not. <laughs> uh, oh, okay. But it's definitely whack. <laughs> so, you know, but, you know, as an Irish optimist, because you know what they say, mm-hmm. an Irish pessimist says, "Oh, things can't get much worse." An Irish optimist says, "Oh, yes, they can." <laughs> uh, so, Texas, I don't know we- I say,
0: hold my beer. <laughs> so,
4: I don't know. I think um, a lot of people, like yeah. like uh, Rudy said, there's a lot of people who st- are still
0: wearing it today. Yeah. I-, I still
4: occasionally, and this is in,
0: in Texas, buy themselves in cars and buy
4: themselves in walking cars walking down the street. And I don't know what it's like yeah. in like uh, the Midwest or the Northeast right. or in the West. I- Maybe it's worse over there. So, if you know, yeah. let us know. What do you, What do you think? Uh, Is it could it come back? Will people settle for it? What do you What do you think? Let us know. Very interesting.
0: Hey, uh, do me a favor today. Uh, today's my mother's birthday. Would you kindly pray for her? Would you offer up some intercessory prayers for her? I would be super grateful to you. Let's pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Remember, O oh, most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now, your headline news with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. Thanks for tuning into
3: Catholic Drive Time. Today is Thursday, January the 19th, and here are your headlines this morning. Breitbart reports, Church of England to bless gay marriages under bishop ruling. Homosexual couples who have recently been married in a civil setting, quote, married, We'll soon be able to have their union blessed within Anglican churches in England with the Church of England bishops having reportedly voted in favor of the practice, annoying some of the more progressive members of the Anglican community uh, because they didn't go far enough. Ground News reports Governor Ron DeSantis calls perma- calls to permanently ban COVID-19 restrictions in Florida, praise be to God. Despite facing pushback from medical professionals and businesses, Governor Ron DeSantis announced legislation that would make permanent a law to penalize companies that require employees to wear masks or to be vaccinated for COVID-19. And added a new ban on medical boards reprimanding doctors for spreading COVID misinformation. LifeSite News reports Cardinal Zen speaks out against synod on synodality and the Latin Mass restrictions. Cardinal Zen made his forthright comments to Italian news outlet Il Giornale in an interview published on January 17th, saying, quote, "I agree with Monsignor Ganschwein on the issue of the Latin Mass. The tendentious generalizations in Francis's Traditionis Custodes have hurt the hearts of many people." I hope there will be a change, said Zen, also in response to the synod on synodality, continuing, We are very concerned what might happen with the synod of bishops. I fear that the synod will repeat the same mistake as the Dutch church 50 years ago, when the bishops backed down and accepted that the faithful led the church. Then their numbers decreased. Let us pray that our pope will have more wisdom, said Zen. Just the News reports... Feds borrowed $4 billion per day in 2022, totaling $10,000 per household. The Congressional Budget Office this month released the final details of federal spending in 2022, showing that the federal government had a $1.4 trillion deficit last year, borrowing roughly $82 billion in December alone. Biden has touted a reduction in the deficit last year from $2.8 trillion to $1.4 trillion. While that is true, the $1.4 trillion figure is still much higher than when he took office in 2019. The budget deficit was less than $1 trillion then. And those are your headline news this morning. God love you.
4: The saint of the day is St. Margaret of Hungary. Margaret, the daughter of King Bella IV, champion of Christendom, and Queen Mary Lasarsis of Hungary, born in 1242, was offered to God before her birth and petitioned that the country would be delivered from the terrible scourge of the Tartars. The prayers having been answered, the king and queen made good on their promise by placing the rich and beautiful three-year-old in the Dominican convent of Vesprum. Margaret was not content with simply living in the house of God. She demanded the religious habit and received it at the age of four. Furthermore, she took upon herself the austerities practiced by the other sisters, fasting, hair shirts, the discipline, and night vigils. She soon learned the divine office by heart and chanted it happily to herself as she went about her play. She chose the least attractive duties of the nuns for herself, and she would starve herself to keep her spirits humble. Her father built for her a convent on the island of Dunab between Buddha and Pest. To settle the manner of her vocation here, she pronounced her vows to the master general of the order, Blessed Umber of the Romans, in 1255, and took the veil in 1261. (laughs) Again, when Margaret was 18, her father made an attempt to sway her from her purpose because King Otakar of Bohemia, hearing of her beauty, had come seeking her hand. He even obtained a dispensation from the Pope and approached Margaret with the permission. Margaret replied, as she had previously, quote, I esteem infinitely more the King of Heaven and the inconceivable happiness of possessing Jesus Christ than the crown offered me by the King of Bohemia, End quote. Having a that she was not interested in any throne, but a heavenly one. She proceeded with great joy to live in an even more fervent religious life than she had before. Margaret's austerities seemed excessive to us of a weaker age. The mysteries of the Passion were very real to her and gave reason for her long, fast, severe scourgings and other mortifications, detailed in the dep- depositions of witnesses taken seven years after her death. She had a tender devotion to Our Lady, and on the eve of her feast, Margaret said a thousand Hail Marys. And on Good Friday, she was so overcome at the thoughts of Our Lord's Passion that she wept all day. She was frequently in ecstasies and very embarrassed if anyone found her soul and remarked on her holiness. A number of miracles were performed during her life and many more after her death because Margaret had an implicit faith in the power and efficacy of prayer. The princess nun was only 28 when she died. The island where her convent stood, called first the Blessed Virgin's Isle, was called the Isle of Margaret after the saint. She died January 18, 1271 in Budapest, Hungary, and canonized not until 1943 by Pope Pius
0: XII. Saint Margaret of Hungary, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Mark chapter three, verses seven through 12. Jesus withdrew toward the sea with his disciples. A large number of people followed from Galilee and from Judea. Hearing what he was doing, a large number of people came to him also from Jerusalem, from Idumea, from beyond the Jordan, and from the neighborhood of Tyre and Sidon. He told his disciples to have a boat ready for him because of the crowd, so that they would not crush him. He had cured many. As a result, those who had diseases were pressing upon him to touch him. And whenever unclean spirits saw him, they would fall down before him and shout, You are the Son of God! He warned them sternly not to make him known. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. The Venerable Bede had a lot to say today. He says, both, both, therefore, fell down before the Lord, those who had the plagues of bodily diseases, and those who were vexed by unclean spirits. The sick did this simply with the intention of obtaining health. But the demoniacs, or rather the devils within them, because under the mastery of a fear of God, they would they were compelled not only to fall down before him, but also to praise his majesty. Venerable Beat also pointed out something that I found really, truly fascinating. He says, uh, And here we must wonder at the blindness of the Arians who, after the glory of his resurrection, deny the Son of God, whom the devils confess to be the Son of God, though still clothed with human flesh. Why is this fascinating? Well, the next time you run into, say, a Mormon, a Jehovah's Witness, or somebody like that, who deny the divinity of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This is, the, this is the quote right here. It's great. Like, even the devils recognize Jesus for who he is, and you people don't. Let that sink in for a moment. The applicant would say, Morally, again, the Herodians, that is, the persons who love the lusts of flesh, wish to slay Christ, for the meaning of Herod, Herod is of skin. But those who quit their country, that is, a carnal mode of living, follow Christ, and their plagues are healed, that is, the sins which wound their conscience. But Jesus in us is our reason, which commends uh, that our vessel, that is, our body, should serve him, lest the troubles of worldly affairs should press upon our reason." The venerable B would go on to say, "A sinner is forbidden to preach the Lord lest any one listening to his preaching should follow him in his error. For the devil is an evil master who always mingles false things with true, that the semblance of truth may cover the witness of a fraud. But not only devils, but persons healed by Christ and even apostles are ordered to be silent concerning him before the passion." lest by the preaching of the majesty of his divinity, the economy of his passion should be retarded. Close quote, the venerable bead. Did you catch that about error? Not listening to false teachers because they use a bit of the truth to propel a lie into your mind, like a seed. That's a weed you do not want. So be very careful about the teachers that you listen to false teachers should be ignored. Hey, we'll be right back. Mark Kauk is coming up next. We're going to talk about his pretrial hearing yesterday. Big bombshell news. All that and more.
5: It is here where you'll find the best marriage counselor, greatest healer, wisest teacher, and closest friend. It's a place where you'll escape the chaos of the world and find the lasting peace that only comes from God. Jesus is personally waiting to embrace you now with his divine mercy in healing love, Jesus is calling you home to His Sacred Heart today. I need a mercy.
1: I need a savior. Have you ever dialogued with someone who espouses relativism, which says, there is no truth, or it might be true for you, but not for me? It's pretty frustrating. Deep down, we know these claims are false, but we often don't know why. Here's the reason. To say there is no truth is a contradiction. The assertion is tantamount to saying it's true that there is no truth, plain absurdity. Now the other position, there is no absolute truth, just truth relative to the individual set of beliefs, is problematic as well. The usage of the verb is implies an assertion about the objective order of things. It's the same thing as saying it's absolutely true that there is no absolute truth, which of course is a contradiction. No matter how the relativist slices the pie, he ends up with a contradiction, making relativism an unreasonable worldview. I'm Carlo Brusard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com.
0: Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLennan. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Coming up at 35 past the hour, R. Davis yawns is going to be on to talk about the vax mandate being rescinded for the U.S. military. Are they out of trouble, uh, these service members? What about the ones that got kicked out? There was 3,700 uh, Marines that were booted out because they didn't want to get the, the COVID shot, uh, let alone the other services. What happens to their service records? All that and more with R. Davis yawns coming up. Do join us if you can. Our good friend Mark Houck is on the line with us this morning. Good morning to you, Mark.
6: Good morning, Joe. Good to be with
0: you. Praise be to God. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you. How are you, my friend?
6: Uh, we're doing well here. A little rainy in Pennsylvania, but we're doing well.
0: <laughs> That's good. Praise be to Jesus. Uh, I guess it's an all-Pennsylvania show today. Our Davis Johnson is also from Philly. So uh, good times, good times. All right, so yesterday, breaking news, bombshell news, big uh, pretrial hearing for you yesterday. Just uh, do me a favor real quick. Remind our audience what happened to you just a few months ago.
6: Oh, sure. Uh, Well, um, it stems from another uh, incident uh, in 2021, but the big news was September 23rd of, of this past year, 2022, Um, My family and I were raided by the uh, Federal Bureau of Investigation at uh, dark o'clock in the morning, oh, dark 30, (laughs) and um, I was taken into custody for allegedly uh, violating a felony faith act, which was established in 1994 by Chuck Schumer and Senator Ted Kennedy. Uh, a law that is an unjust law, but nonetheless a law to protect um, clinic entrances uh, to abortion facilities uh, in um, around the country so anyhow that was what happened
0: and yesterday was your first uh, appearance in court
6: Yeah actually, it was tuesday it was uh it was a pretrial hearing it was my second appearance. We had uh arraignment five days after the arrest. And then uh yeah yesterday was the first
0: uh federal uh hearing with the judge who will be uh presiding the the case. And so how did it go? What what was what was said? What was, what evidence was submitted that uh, that is uh I think pretty pretty significant.
6: Yeah, so I think you're referring to a brief that was filed um that day uh Thomas More Society uh co-counsel Peter Breen uh filed a uh a brief that basically uh, brought to the attention of the courts, which really hasn't been made um, available to the courts, even back in when they were using this initial FACE Act during the Clinton administration. Um, there was a dialogue on the on the Senate floor between Ted Kennedy and uh, David Durenberger from Minnesota. Uh, Ted Kennedy was the, Senator Kennedy was the sponsor of the FACE Act, um, uh-huh. And basically questions were being put on the floor as to who this applies to. And um, the question was, does this apply to escorts outside the building? And Ted Kennedy Senator Kennedy said, it absolutely does not apply to the escorts. In other words, you cannot use the FACE Act, federal access to clinic entrances, against people who are not inside the building who do not work for the facility who are not actively participating in the so called reproductive health of uh, the patients that come to the building, so um, this was kind of a bombshell uh thing that was presented to the judge, and now the government has to answer for it uh, and they will do so by today thursday
0: do you did you get any sense from the judge uh in his reaction to this information
6: uh no, he was pretty fair and balanced i mean he's a uh, Nine years on the bench, uh, in the federal, uh, the, you know, fed, as a federal judge. So, uh, I don't think anything surprises him, but, um, no, he was, he, he hadn't had a full chance to read it. We were in court at 2 PM and he received the brief at 11 AM. So, um, I, he hadn't read it in full. So, uh, I, again, it, it still has to have a response from the government, which they will give a response and, um, and they will rule from there. So um, it could it could flip the whole trial on its head, um, which is scheduled for next Tuesday, a jury trial, uh, the 24th of January.
0: Now, how many jury trials have you had to uh, partake in? I mean, this is you got to have some uh, some anxiety over this, no?
6: We had another jury trial that we were scheduled for with uh, our fight against the multi-trillion-dollar pornography industry um, back in probably. Two thousand and fourteen, so it's it's actually my second you're a veteran round
0: yeah <laughs> you're very experienced in all of this then this is a walk in the park for you
6: I don't know about that um, you know' it's the first time my wife and children have been pulled into it, but yeah no i mean there's there's, there's anxiety that is normal with the unknown, but you know Joe the, the peace and the joy that is flooding the home and and my heart uh coming from so many. People around the country praying diligently for a good outcome uh, is really just uh, taking over. Uh,
0: what, what are you facing? What, like, what's the what is the inevitable? I mean, not not inevitable. What what if things go badly? Uh, if things go in the wrong direction, God forbid, what would you be facing?
6: All right. So on the charges of the felony uh, face act, there's one and two counts charges. Um, it, it's up to 11 years if you want to just look at the max term in prison, uh, with a $350,000 fine and, um, a three year, um, probationary proposed, uh, period. So, uh, supervision, supervised probation. So that's, that's at the max, um, that could be applied.
0: And I, I mean, I don't want you to you obviously aren't going to be telling us any information that's that can't be out there until after this uh trial happens next week, sure, but I mean I imagine your attorneys you're feeling pretty good about this going into this. it seems like there's a lot going in your favor
6: well i mean look um when you these these things are these things are outside of uh you know our understanding, you know that God has allowed this for whatever reason and. You know we were we're innocent in the sense that we we're just doing the will of god we're we're going where we're called we're standing in the gap and so we know when we take on evil that you know the the evil one as you were alluding to prior to me coming on the air is is not going to be happy so so we know we're innocent in the in the heavenly court we know that there's no guilt upon us however um you know anything can happen it's a it's a it's a crab shoot in some sense because it's a jury of your peers and and there are 12 of uh, my peers from the Eastern district of Pennsylvania. Uh, They may all be very sympathetic to the the government's position. And if they are, then that's not going to go well for us. Mm. Um, I don't, you know, the Sanhedrin, it it didn't go well for Jesus. So, you know, we, we have to just put our trust in the Lord and his will be done. And he already knows what's going to happen. I feel good. I, I like the judge. I think he's, I think he's very fair. I think he's he doesn't seem to be biased in any way, as he shouldn't be. Um, And I, I think it's going to be a good result. I feel as confident as I can feel going into these things. But again, once it's thrown over to a jury, you just never know what's going to happen.
0: It seems to me, and I'd love to get your take on this, that the government really wants to see this come out a certain way because they want this to be precedent to be used against others in order to intimidate pro-lifers so it's it's, it would appear to me that your case is is a battleground where you have to stay you got to win this one Uh, there's a lot writing on this more than just how it affects the hauck family would do you see it that way
6: yeah the, the attorneys see it that way as well i mean this is the first time anyone's been brought to a court proceeding as of this magnitude that wasn't breaking the law for instance you know, we got had a lot of people brought into to FACE Act violations for trespassing, blocking doors. It was the the rescue movement. These were peaceful sit-ins, civil disobedience. I mean, they, they are breaking the law. I mean, it's an unjust law. But, you know, these things have happened before. Joe, this is the first time anybody is being brought up on these same charges who wasn't doing that. I was just on the corner with my so- son praying. So, um, you know, so this is... This is a groundbreaking new precedent. It's a big deal in the sense that if we win this, it will severely, severely cripple the the Department of Justice and, and those powers that be, the ability to come after pro-lifers uh, who are innocently just praying. I got to admit, there's a lot of people, Joe, who aren't going out in the Philadelphia area right now to pray mm. because Mark Halk was arrested and they don't want this stuff to happen. So people are, are not uh, willing to risk this. And this trial, if we win, will really embolden, I believe, pro-lifers to stay the course and get back out there and, yeah. and go where God's calling them to be.
0: Uh, we Just a few days ago, really, we interviewed a lady who was arrested in England for praying silently inside her own head in front of a, a closed abortion clinic. And she was arrested for that. And she's now facing you know, trials and, and fines and, and whatever. Uh, I, these battles have to be fought and they have to be won. There is so much writing on this. How's the feedback been for you? Are you, uh, are you receiving a a tremendous amount of positive, but what about that negative feedback? How is that working for you?
6: Yeah, we got a lot of negative and mixed kind of feedback in the beginning. Um, I would say the last two to three months have been extremely positive. Um, you know, not only from the attorneys, but everyone involved. The Thomas More Society has, is, is, is flipping the, the whole bill for this. They get, they grabbed the best attorney they could because they knew that this is, this is, this is so critically important to the work of, of evangelization and pro-life, uh, to the work of God. So everyone's been very positive. Everyone's been very supportive. I mean, from family rosaries to spiritual bouquets to masses to novenas, to surrender novenas, to all sorts of fasting and,
7: and adoration,
6: holy hours being done. Um, i got to say, I, we haven't had any negative uh, commentary since the first couple of weeks of the, uh, after the arrest.
0: Praise be to God. And uh, so the Legal Defense uh, Fund and all of that, um, by the grace of God, a lot of people are financially supporting that, so that way you would have a great legal defense. Are you, are you okay there? You still need uh, some funds raised?
6: Well, the Thomas More Society probably does because they, you know, it's probably a half million dollar, um, suit, uh, in, all things are, are, con- you know, completed. Um, so, so yeah, I would encourage any listener, if they want to support, uh, the legal defense, go to thomasmoresociety.org and, uh, and, and help out if you feel called. Uh, as far as my family goes, the, the, the Lord has been most generous and abundant in his, it is gifting to our family and taking care of us so um always in our ministry the kingsmen could use support but as far as the family goes um we are well taken care of in that regard but uh, we continue to uh you know continue the work of evangelization mm. with the kingsmen and you know always looking for partners in that as well
0: amen so we're down to seconds here with Mark Houck. the kingsmen sure. thekingsmen.org you've got some uh, retreats lined up this year
6: yeah, that's right. We're going to be coming to San Antonio uh, for a healing retreat uh, in your backyard. So we'll be down there in Stonk's Branch, And, of course, we have our other retreats. Go to thekingsmen.org if you want to learn more.
0: All right. Praise be to God. The Thekingsmen.org. Check that website out and tell a friend. Mark out. God bless you. God love you, my friend. Thanks for being on with us and catching us up. We're going to be praying for your successful trial next week. All right. We'll look for right up. And we're going to be right back. R. Davis Yance is coming up next. Don't go anywhere. More Catholic Drive Time is next.
8: This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever noticed that sometimes it's hard to get along with your family? That sometimes the people in your family are downright uncongenial? Well, G.K. Chesterton says that is precisely why the family is so important. Because it is often uncongenial. Every family is filled with the same problematical people that you find everywhere else. And so, anyone revolting against the family is simply revolting against mankind. As Chesterton says, Aunt Elizabeth is unreasonable, like mankind. Papa is excitable, like mankind. Our youngest brother is mischievous, like mankind. And so... If we can get along with our family, we can get along with anyone. Want more than a minute? Visit our website, chesterton.org hey donnie in what gospel do we find the hail mary prayer the gospel of luke do we worship mary no what do we do ask her to pray for us as parents we're the primary
6: educators of our catholic faith to our children and if you don't know your catholic faith as well as you should that's okay just tune in daily to the guadalupe radio network by logging online to
8: grnonline.com the guadalupe radio network listen learn love and pass it on
3: Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. This is Rudy Carlos keeping you informed and inspired. And here's a couple more headlines for you. This one's from Just the News. 1% of U.S. counties account for 42% of nationwide murders. A study shows the 1% is 32 counties, which have 21% of the U.S. population, according to a study of a 2022 homicide uh, study here published on Monday by the Crime Prevention Research Center. In 2020, Cook County, Illinois, had the most murders, 775. Los Angeles County, California, was number two with 691. And other counties with high numbers of homicides include Harris County here in Texas, Philadelphia County in Pennsylvania, and New York City. Catholic News Agency reports Christian persecution at its highest point in 30 years. The persecution of Christians is at its highest point in three decades, according to the latest report from advocacy group Open Doors. The World Watch List, released by Open Doors on January 18th, reported that overall, the number of Christians facing persecution worldwide remained steady in 2022 at approximately 360 million. In a list of the 50 countries with the most persecution, North Korea returned to the first spot in 2022. The year prior, Afghanistan had landed it itself at the top ranking, following the Taliban's takeover of the country's government. Afghanistan ranks ninth in the latest list because the country's Christians have either been killed, fled, or are in strict hiding, according to Open Doors' Italian director Christian Nani. In sub-Saharan Africa, anti-Christian violence has reached unprecedented intensity, the report said. Nigeria continues to be the epicenter of massacres, with 5,014 Christians killed in 2022 alone, nearly 90% of the total number of Christians killed worldwide at 5,621. Almost 90% of kidnappings carried out against Christians in 2022 also took place in Nigeria, where Nani said there was a kidnapping business taking place. Let us take a a, a minute of our day today to pray for these persecuted Christians and that uh, the Lord's justice may prevail over this very, very dire situation. Those were your headline news this morning.
0: God love you. Amen. Praise be to God. Thank you for keeping us up to date. Uh, There's also another little uh, headline here. You may not. Oh, according to Military dot com. Roughly 99 percent of active duty members have been vaccinated.
3: Ninety nine percent. It's
0: only 98 percent in the U.S. Army, which doesn't surprise me. They're always trailing behind the Marines. <laughs> but nonetheless, our good friend R. Davis Yance Yons from YanceLaw.com is on with us this morning to you. Good morning, sir. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Hey, good morning. Praise be to God. Thank you again for your time today. We We really appreciate it uh so big news uh good news i would say when uh i think it was last week maybe it was the week before the pentagon announced they were going to rescind the vaccine mandate sort of mostly uh but uh, i wanted to get you on the show and get talk about that you've been fighting so vigorously for your clients and for yourself on this story now for the last few years what are your thoughts
9: yeah, there's a lot of thought that thought that goes into it and there's a lot of implications from it. The first thing I'll say is, you know, even the headline that the, the DoD rescinds the mandate, really Congress had to act. Congress had to force uh, the Department of Defense's hand. So some of the analysis we have to do on what's next for our service members starts there because there's still a great deal of uh, animosity within the Department of Defense at some levels towards anyone who submitted a religious accommodation. Uh, as it relates to this vaccine. So it is good news. It is a great step in the right direction, but there's a lot more work to do.
0: So, and I was reading up on this, uh, there is some fine print in all of this, apparently. So, yeah, it's rescinded. And so a lot of question marks in our heads. Okay, well, there's a lot of people that have been affected by this. Thousands have been dismissed from the military. What happens to them? What happens to the people who are in the process of being separated from the military for this very reason? Does that get reversed or... Do, you know, so there's so many questions. But when reading the fine print, I guess part of the announcement was, by the way, individual commanders can make decisions that would mandate vaccines for their commands based on circumstances. What do you think about that?
9: Right. So that, that really is what we're waiting to see. Uh, the Department of Defense has five more days. They, they have a deadline from Congress to issue very specific details regarding policy and what's going to happen. So we've seen the first step, which is from Secretary Austin. Now we're waiting for each branch of the service to come out with more details, but there is fine print when we talk about assignments and everything else. So, so one of the issues, and there's a lot of issues, but one of the issues as it relates directly to that is, is this, and it's best to explain it by way of example. You know, I have a client who is a, an 06, a colonel in the Air Force that was a commander in a leadership position. She was fired from that position for cause, removed from her command position for cause because of her religious accommodation. Her leadership said, we've lost faith and trust in your discernment and ability to lead because of your religious accommodation. So wow. then she received a letter of reprimand. So for example, for her, yes, this rescinding the mandate allows her to finish out her career and get to retirement, but she has this letter of reprimand in her file. She has adverse performance reports because she was removed from command and she has it on her military record that she was removed from command for cause. So her career has been devastated. The damage because of a religious faith has already been done. So that's just an example of of when we start talking about fine print, those are issues we're dealing with. And we don't know what's going to happen to my Navy SEAL clients. We don't know if they're going to be allowed to deploy and start training again, or if they're simply going to be kept in a holding pattern like they have been for the last 18
0: months. So what is your best guess? What do you think will happen? Will they get justice? I think we're
9: going to have to continue to fight for it. I, I think that the religious freedom cases that are in federal court, I think they need to go to trial. I think we need an answer um on whether or not the actions taken by senior leaders in the Department of Defense were religious discrimination. So we need those trials to go forward to get an answer so there's some level of accountability for the discrimination that's been done. That that will help. Um And then I think it's going to come down to, Hopefully, it's going to come down to military readiness and necessity, right? Hopefully, commanders look at this and say, I need this significant number, dozens and dozens of highly trained, experienced Navy SEALs. I need them back in the fight. I need them ready to go. We need them. I need fighter pilots. I need these pilots back into the fight. So hopefully, readiness will um, prevail over politics and they will be allowed to continue serving and get back into that status.
0: You know, the whole issue of readiness triggers so many other things in my mind. Just yesterday I saw a report that the FAA quietly was reducing the EKG limits for pilots after the COVID vaccines came out and they started realizing there were issues related to them uh, with with, uh, heart problems. So they were quietly in the background reducing the, the level at which a pilot can be considered good to go to fly, and they didn't want anybody to know that. So it's, it's, it's not as though the federal agencies, the governments, or even uh, in this case the Pentagon is, is naive to all these issues, and yet they have stubbornly held on. And it's not just a policy we're fighting over. It's people's lives let alone the readiness and our capability to defend our, our people, our country, or, or achieve our goals militarily. That should outrage America.
9: No, no, listen, you're absolutely right. And that's why I emphasize the fact that it was Congress that had to act to force the Department of Defense to rescind this mandate. Why, why is that so critical? The issue is a constitutional one. You know, the Department of Defense is part of the executive branch. The job of the executive branch is to execute the law as it's written by Congress, as it's established in our Constitution. And with this vaccine mandate, we had the Department of Defense doing two things. One, ignoring federal law that says you cannot discriminate against the religious. They've been ignoring the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, but they've also been ignoring the protections that Congress put in place after so many service members were damaged by the bad batches of the anthrax vaccine. They put rules in place. There's legislation in place that says you cannot force military members to receive an EUA product. The, there are similar rules with the FAA. They're not supposed to allow pilots to take a product that hasn't been out for a certain period of time and hasn't been tested, and now we're seeing the consequences of that. So you're, so you're absolutely right. This fight has been about religious freedom, but it's also health and safety, and it's also to protect people who just wanna ask the question. Can't we just ask the question, what are the long-term, health and safety benefits of this new product that's never been tried before? And the answer is we have no idea and we haven't had transparency and we've had anyone with a counter opinion trying to get additional information out there censored repeatedly. So you see that readiness issue all throughout the military. We have 96%, 98%, whatever number we wanna look at and talk about, and the numbers seem to shift a lot, who have now received this experimental product. And, And I have clients and I have people reaching out to me on a daily basis that are suffering from vaccine injuries. They're suffering from brand new health problems that appear to be directly tied to these that they have never experienced before. And they're, they're the best of the best. They're elite uh, military members who are suffering from the consequences of this.
3: Mr. Yance, you know, we're uh, coming up uh, to a to break here, but I'm, I'm curious, you know, the people who held out, there's, there's been uh, court cases that have uh, reestablished, outside of the military, of course, reestablished people who were um, imp- formerly employed for a company and they've brought them back, maybe gave them back pay. Will any of the, uh, the military members who uh, held out on this vaccine mandate, will they get back pay or anything like that?
9: It, it looks like we're going to have to go to court to do that, um, and there's a few different issues to speak to there. One of the problems we see is for those that have been kicked out over the, the vaccine mandate, and many of those are people that filed a religious accommodation request that was denied. Mm-hmm. Then they were given an order to receive the vaccine, and then they were they were pushed out after that. They received an adverse separation, so they received a a less than honorable, a general discharge, and their DD-214, that all-important document that says I served in the military, says on it, the reason you're separated is for misconduct, commission of a serious offense.
0: Hold that thought. R. Davis yants is our guest. We're talking about these issues related to our men and women who serve us in the military. YanceLaw.com is his website. We're going to be right back. More is coming up next. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your
5: one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Is the very contemporary popular idea that a faith-alone salvation, which occurs by repenting of sins and asking Jesus in one hearts, sufficient to enter and warrant heaven upon death? I say, no, it's not. Many evangelicals will say, just follow the Roman's road, which is four verses snatched out of the book of Romans, and when followed, heaven is promised. Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, the Bible. The Gospels, nor the Epistles, nor the Apostolic and Early Church Fathers ever wrote any Like this mechanical approach. Secondly, the marriage experience. After wrongdoing and temporary departure from your family, does a simple one-time, hey honey, I'm really sorry, bring you back into the family? And thirdly, teaching at the Catholic Church, water baptism, loving God and neighbor, which is displayed by consistent acts of charity while maintaining a perseverant hope of heaven is the surest way to God's eternal presence. And my pesky comeback, that Romans Road is presumptuous and significantly dumbs down the holy value and price of salvation. And remember, that Romans Road has some potholes. (laughs)
8: <laughs> Holy raffle, Batman. The GRN is raffling off a Mercedes-Benz CLA 250C. If we win, that could be our new Batmobile.
10: Great idea, Robin. Uh, how do we get tickets?
8: Easy, Batman. Just go to grnonline.com or call 888-784-3476. Tickets are $25 for one or $100 for five. I knew you were good for something. Quick, hand me my Batphone. phone.
0: Be to Jesus Christ, welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. It's so good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Our Davis is Yons, is our guest, yantslaw.com That's Y-O-U-N-T-S, YantzLaw.com. I like your description. Uh, Christian, husband, homeschool dad, and former military officer providing strategic legal guidance and expert criminal, criminal defense to military, federal law enforcement, and other patriots. That's good stuff right there. Welcome back to the show, R. Davis Yance. Let's go back to readiness for a second. Um, Recruiting numbers are at an all-time low. I mean, they are scraping the bottom of the barrel R- lowering lowering the bar, and it was already not like high. Okay, it was let's <laughs> t- <laughs> so much so that they they even
3: implemented uh, people who are not ready. They put yeah. them in a program to get them even to <laughs> like, basic okay. training.
0: <laughs> I mean, when I joined, the, when I enlisted in Marine Corps, seventeen, raised my right hand, swore an oath to defend the Constitution. I had to. I was already overweight. I had to lose. I remember how many pounds. So I was working. I was exercising seven days a week. I mean, I think the the, my my recruiter like allowed me to eat. I don't remember like a thousand calories a day. I mean, just (laughs) it was so terrible, right? Uh, And I squeaked by just to get to go to boot camp. It was such hard work. So already the the bar was not like stellar for at least the enlisted rank. Um, But now they're lowering it even more. And they're still not able to really get – I mean, they're offering bonuses and everything else, and they're just not able to fill those numbers. And they're stubbornly still trying to persist down this road, punishing men and women who have who've said they have a religious exemption to getting this shot or other issues. How do you see that from that perspective?
9: So I, I kind of see two issues going on. I, I think what what we have to really seriously look at, what we have to consider, and what we have to be focused on is – how, we've lost trust, right? Military families, look, look at the articles that say generational families, families that have two and three generations that have served in the military are now telling their children, I don't want you to serve. Don't go in. There's been a loss of, there's just a lot, lack of trust in the military and senior leaders in the military right now. So, so that's a huge issue. But then you have, you have a military that what we're doing to recruit the best and the brightest that we need to serve in the military is constantly lowering the standards and being very vocal about lowering the standards. So I have concerns about that as well, just as a as a concept. It's not a concept of, you know, like you did, lose weight, get in shape, strive for something better because you knew boot camp was going to be a challenge, right? Regardless of what, where you were at before you got there, you have to work hard to get through it. And not everyone does. And And I think we need some of that back. We need this idea that, that we need men with chests, right? C.S. Lewis, we need this idea of of real people dedicated serving for the right reasons, but everything we're doing in the military feels like, and some of it's so politicized, but it feels like it's against that. It's against those people who really want to serve for the right reasons with integrity, and it's so much of it feels like a social experiment or forcing a medical experiment with an experimental product on our
0: military members. And we've been witnessing firsthand the get woke, go broke thing happening in our military these last few years. Uh, They're embracing all manner of social perversities and ideologies that have nothing to do with military readiness, nothing to do with being able to achieve, to fight, to win and achieve these objectives to defend our, our people, our constitution, our country. Um, It just seems utterly bizarre to waste taxpayer dollars on a social experiment.
9: Right. And that's the question. What what is the purpose of our military? Our purpose of a military is, is to defend our nation, to fight and wage our nation's wars, to to protect the innocent. That that's our responsibility. And readiness is the key to that. But if we're taking more and more time, more investing, more and more money and bureaucracy and efforts into woke training into how to properly put your pronouns in an email and even some of the anti-extremism training that we've seen was so twisted. It was so anti just service and core values and everything else that that has had a devastating effect. And I can tell you with my clients who've gone through this battle over the vaccine, it is about broken trust and morale is low. It's, It's not even about the vaccine in, in the in the near term, it's a bigger picture of whatever the issue is, why is the military forcing something rather than respecting constitutional rights and religious freedom? Why are they forcing something rather than following the law? Congress passed a law that says you cannot force an experimental project, an emergency use product, on the military. That whole issue in the law, that federal statute's just been ignored by military leadership, who said, no, we're going to do this anyway. And mm-hmm. the answer is always, well... Someone higher up told me we have to do this. Someone higher up told me we have to do this. So those are the issues that I'm seeing. And that's my concern moving forward for the military.
4: You know, Mr. Hans, I was just thinking about your reference to the abolition of man. And I think that's that's a great point, because I'm just thinking of Colonel Ripley. And whenever he had to fight against a lot of the immoral things that were happening in the military during his time after Vietnam, and he made a, made a statement saying, you know, moral courage is much harder than having courage on the battlefield. He said, uh, "Many men that he knew that would be the most courageous men on the battlefield would uh, had bullets whizzing past them, and they and they didn't stop, didn't blink twice, and they kept moving forward. Once they got home, once they were back on base, it was I'm just obeying orders. It was I, I can't stand up against this, or I don't want to be shunned uh, by the world. Uh, what do you think about having moral courage and and these men? Yeah, there's a lot to lose, but perhaps that, that's we need people who are willing to lose."
9: No, that's absolutely right. We need we need a military that is filled with men and women of integrity and character that understand the Constitution, understand the role of our, our military in our nation's history, the purpose of our military in our nation, and that are willing to take a stand for the right things and are willing to put that over their career. You know, if we reward um, milk toast leaders who are just good bureaucrats and good administrators were not, we're not going to see that reflected. And it is an issue. Um, we see throughout all levels of our military, but I think the encouraging thing I see is this because of their faith, because of their religious convictions, there have been thousands and thousands of military members that have w- been willing to make a stand. Now, a lot have been discharged. Others left early, retired early, voluntarily got out. But the reality is, it has caused a small revival and it has caused people to ask questions and still, you know, slowly over time, every case I do, every time I interact with a group of people, we do see people whose hearts and minds are at least open or changed. And we have opportunities to share this truth of scripture, the gospel of Christ in this moment. So that, that's the encouraging part to me is that we have seen. Moral courage, and we have seen the impact it can have.
0: Let's talk about some of those numbers. According to this military.com article, a core uh, says uh, data compiled by the military as of early December. The Marine Corps has led the services, that's uh, typical, with uh, 3,717 Marines discharged. There have been 2,041 discharged from the Navy, 1,841 from the Army, and 834 from the Air Force. The Air Force data includes the Space Force. Well, my question is for you, R. Davis Yance, is how come the Marine Corps got hit so hard with these discharges?
9: You know, I I think it's a marine uh, culture in some respects. The Marines are smaller, leaner, and more efficient at a lot of things they do, and, and we see that reflected in these numbers.
0: It seems utterly bizarre to me. And a minute ago, you talked about how there was a portion of people who just said, you know what, I'm out of here, I'm done. Officers can resign commissions. Enlisted folks, it's a little different. But can you you have any you have a sense? Can you give us a sense of how many men and women left the service voluntarily before it got this bad? Before it got to the point where they were being booted?
9: I, I don't know for sure. It kind of takes a deep dive at statistical analysis. We know before the new year, there at one point there was as many as two hundred and sixty thousand, according to the Department of Defense. Wow. two hundred and sixty thousand across the force. That were not fully vaccinated and, and were at some stage of a refusal. If, if we have only discharged around 9,000 so far, there's a huge unanswered percentage. There's a huge delta there of people who reached the end of their enlistment contract or were able to resign their commission and a lot that left um, under other circumstances, retired. Um, earlier than they intended to voluntarily got out early, got out for medical reasons. So there's a huge number. There's a huge number of people, some very, very highly qualified pilots and others. Some of my clients that have left. Um, that's a hard number to capture.
0: Golly, you is makes you think. I really hope we don't get in any major wars anytime soon because who knows what would be the result of that. And with, uh, with all of these nefarious actors trying to, you know, kick off World War three at any moment. Boy, this is not the best time to have something like this. I saw that there was an effort back in December along with the the funding bill to uh have a rider that would reinstate some 8,000 troops that have been booted, but that got that got kicked to the curb. Again, seems just really stubborn, unnecessarily so.
9: Again, I agree I agree with that and that's the trust issue that we see and even Secretary Austin's memo, a lot of people when you talk about the fine print don't understand the implications, but it's like it says in there, hey, if, if you you're been discharged or there's something wrong with your career, you can always go to the Board of Corrections for military records. Well, the, the problem with that is it takes at least two years typically to get any sort of relief from the Board of Corrections. So when I said <laughs> earlier about your DD-214 that says, hey, commission of a serious fence, misconduct, makes it really hard to get a job. All of those service members in that situation, all my clients, we're gonna be fighting for two years at least wow. with the Board of Corrections to try to get those things fixed and there's no guarantee of winning so we really do need that wow. bill to be revived in congress because i have i have zero confidence that the department of defense and the services are going to do anything to make that right and all those people that were kicked out simply because they did not get this vaccine because of their dd214 right now they're ineligible to reenlist they can't serve they have a a reentry code that prevents them from doing that
0: wow well we're just about out of time here but can uh, i ask you what would your advice be to somebody who's in this category, they are maybe looking at being separated, they're you know maybe uh, they're like if you're a marine you're probably in uh, Camp Pendleton right now waiting to be discharged what do, What do you do if you're them?
9: I, I think you you have to make sure you understand your rights, you have to read paperwork carefully, make sure you're consulting with military defense services that should be made available to you. Ask those questions, and the biggest thing is keep track of everything. keep track of your own record. Don't allow anybody to not give you copies of everything so that when you're out, if you have to go to the Board of Corrections, you have personally on hand that stack of paperwork, those service records, so that people like me can work with you to
0: try to make it right. All right. Well, R. Davis yants yantslaw.com is his website, Y-O-U-N-T-S-Law.com. If you know somebody who might be in this category and uh, fighting for their service in our U.S. military you might reach out. yontslaw.com. Y-O-U-N-T-S law.com. R Davis Yonts, God bless you. God love you. Thank you for your time. God bless you. Have a great day. All right, that is going to do it for hour number one. Coming up in the next hour, I want to ask the question, why aren't young Catholics getting married? What roadblocks do they face? And can we get Adrian married off? I don't know. Let's try. All that and more is coming up in the next hour. If you can join us, go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Otherwise, we'll see you right back here tomorrow morning.
10: This is a Messy Family Minute with Mike and Alicia Hernan. It's a myth that there's a perfect way to be a parent. The reality is that every family, every couple, every child is different. But when parents work together, they can figure it out. We have 10 kids of our own, so we know this path is not an easy one.
6: We used to think that it was our job to make our children into saints. Now we realize that it's their job to make us into saints. This parenting thing is full of dying to self, hardships that are both physical and emotional. Parenting makes you more aware of your sinfulness and weakness more than almost anything else you will ever do.
10: But this is exactly where God wants us, so he can shower us with his mercy and love. God doesn't love us in spite of our humanity. He loves us because of it.
6: Parenting is our path to holiness. And as we change and mature, we will be better parents.
10: We may even become
3: saints.
6: To get more advice and encouragement, visit us at MessyFamilyProject.org. Father John
2: Bartunik. In his book, The Better Part, wrote, Gratitude is one of the most beautiful flowers in the whole garden of virtues. It directly contradicts self-centeredness, self-indulgence, and self-absorption. It builds bridges, unites communities, and softens hearts. It encourages and inspires. It cuts through discouragement and counteracts depression. It opens the soul to the truth and releases anxiety. It brings smiles and gladness wherever it blooms. What a pity that it is as rare as it is lovely. When was the last time you were truly grateful to our Lord for the spouse He has given to you? When was the last time that you told your spouse you are very grateful for him or her? Gratitude goes a long way in healing wounds. Give it a try. Go home today and tell your spouse how grateful to God you are that he or she married you. This has been a minute for your marriage and family from the Three Hearts Institute. You can connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I'm Amanda Smith, Assistant Principal at St. Elizabeth Ann Seton Catholic School, and you're listening to AM 1430 KSHJ Houston, part of the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul.
0: The conversation with R. Davis Jans talked about uh, all of the latest stories in regards to the military, the vaccine mandates that were, were rescinded, all of that. Let me encourage you to check out the podcast of the program. You can find it at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. You can also find it on iTunes, which, by the way, you have a moral obligation to leave a five-star review for the podcast if you go onto iTunes. Don't fact-check me. Just just go with it. Uh, You can uh, leave that review on, on the iTunes store. We'd be very grateful to you. Praise be to God. Of course, it's also on the Google Play, Spotify, pretty much everywhere where podcasts are available. You can search for the Catholic Drive Time But let me tell you the best place to get your podcast. It's right on your mobile app. Just download the Guadalupe Radio Network mobile app today in your iOS or Android App Store. Search for the Guadalupe Radio Network. It's free. It allows you the opportunity to uh, check out your local GRN radio station, to listen to the live stream, to get some uh, programming information. It works great, it's fantastic. You can donate to the GRN online there. You can also contact your local GM. You can also listen to the podcast. There's like a little, there's like a fly out. three bars. I call it the fly out. The Youngins, uh, what are you guys calling it again? I forget. Uh, but
3: at Do any rate, we have an official name for that?
0: I honestly have never
3: I, heard anybody
4: refer to it. Usually they the just like, bars, hey, can you click the that? Three the, bars, the three bars? The, the menu the, the icon? On the on the uh, on the corner of the screen.
0: Is it universally it? known as the menu icon? No, it's not. <laughs> I, I,
4: I've i literally <laughs> never heard anybody refer to it as a name. Okay. It's well, always just we that button standard. over there. We click need a stand. that sounds fine. We need I mean, it makes sense. It's It flies out. But I mean, there is
0: a podcast uh in the flyout in the menu icon there where you can get grab your Catholic Drive outs. Time podcast. And uh other than just updating the metadata, pff, it's all right there. Praise be to God. So you can do that today. That'd be awesome. Now, another thing you can do when you're on our website, by the way, is to pick up your car raffle tickets. We're trying to give somebody a brand new Mercedes. You know how hard it is to give somebody a Mercedes? I mean, you'd think it'd be super simple, but uh, you know what? It takes a little bit of uh, effort, and here's all you got to do. you got to go to grnonline.com, and you can pick up your car raffle tickets there, $25 a piece, or a book of five for $100. That means you get an extra one for free. Or you can call your local GM, and they can help you get these tickets. They'll actually – they've got physical tickets. They can uh, take care of you because some people need that physical ticket. You can get that there. But you can buy them secure, fast, and online right now at grnonline.com forward slash raffle. We're going to pull the name out of a huge barrel come February the 24th. Your name can come out of that. We, we knew who won last year. That was super fun. It was so exciting to know the person who won. Yeah, that was really Because uh, they listen to the show all the time. Uh, so so awesome experience. But it could be you. You could win, and you get to support the Guadalupe Radio Network all at the same time. Again, go to grnonline.com forward slash raffle for those details all right coming up 15 past the hour is the game show gonna give somebody some stuff you could you could win you don't even need to buy anything you could just win you got to be the first caller when i give you the number though that's the only caveat to the whole thing otherwise uh the only other rule i guess you have to know is that i'm on your side and they mm-hmm. aren't okay who's they hmm mm-hmm. they we all know who they are Are they... They, them. They, them, exactly, (laughs) are are not on your side. I, however, am out to get you into that cup and make you a winner. So make sure to call the number when I give it to you at 15 past the hour, or just go to our website and cheat and find the number early. Call early. (laughs) You can do that, too. Go to grnonline.com forward slash cdt. But I found a story this morning that made me think of you, Adrian. Uh Uh-oh. This was out of the Catholic World Report. CatholicWorldReport.com. The headline goes: Why aren't young Catholics marrying? Oh. And uh, phew, this has been, all my friends are This has married. been a uh, this has been a deep, profound conversation that we've been having with. Your family behind your back. Right. And uh, uh-huh. I'm gonna, I should get one of them on the line. We right. should talk uh-huh. about why you're not married. Of course. And uh, no, I'm They have a list. They have a list. <laughs> All right. So this is a long article, and I'm not going to read the article today. I mean, I'll, I'm going to read the conclusion to you. But here's one of the kickers. It says, despite the church's pro-marriage stance, Catholic marriage rates are not much higher than the general population. In 2014, while about 50% of Americans overall were married, the USCCB reported that about 54% of Catholic adults were married. Those Catholics who do marry, marry at older and older ages. So there's a couple things in this article that I thought were very fascinating. And I thought we should conversate about that. Like, what are the roadblocks that young people have about getting married? So one of the issues that wasn't really addressed in this was the fact that people are are not getting married in general now. So more and more that is just declining. I I interviewed Dr. Kim Buckle as a part of my documentary film. This was a point that he brought up, and we were talking about divorce and the rates of divorce. He says divorce rates are going down. I'm like, oh, this is a good thing, right? He's like, no, not really, because people are not bothering to get married to begin with. Yep. And, and when I asked him, well, what causes that? What, why aren't they? And one of the points he mentioned was these kids are witnessing the total destruction of their parents' marriage. Mm. They got a front row seat to the destruction of marriage. And this has been something that this article, I think, touches on. So one of the caveats that this article brings up is uh, like here it says, uh, but in reality, devout young adults, even not so young adults in their late 20s and 30s, often get stuck in discernment, unable to commit either to marriage, priesthood, or religious life for fear that they might actually be called to a different vocation. So this is one of the issues that the article brings up. And I find that very fascinating because I know in helping our daughter, our oldest daughter, discern her vocation, this is something that she often talks about. There's an anxiety that if you commit to one of these avenues, you're going to be letting God down. You're going to be making the wrong choice. You're going to be betting on the wrong horse. Uh, have you ever suffered with that, Adrian? No. Uh, <laughs> Not at all. Not even a no little bit. No anxiety Not whatsoever. whatsoever. Here's, here's an interesting thing. I... Well, I want to get to this point first, and okay. then you can move on. Uh, so have you, do you have friends that suffer with this?
4: Anxiety about making the wrong married. choice, making the wrong choice. I, I guess um, I think most people really just want to be married. Do you think most
0: people want to be married? Yeah. At, At least me, among my friends. True. That may be true. Um, but I have seen this. I've even seen this among priests. I've talked to priests who had this similar sentiment that like they felt like they were gambling and if they bet wrong, the whole thing is up. Their soul is lost forever. Can you, can you offend God by, making, if, by, by choosing holy matrimony, the sacrament, yeah, I th- or by choosing holy orders or religious life? Or are you going to offend God? I, I think this is a very fundamental
4: problem with um, our modern talking, speaking about vocations. I think that it's caused a grave um, turmoil in people's souls. And it's a not necessary. There's, a, there's this great book I highly recommend to anyone who's discerning their vocation. It's called um, The Vocation and Unnecessary Mystery. And it came out in 1920s. And in the book, the priest who's writing, and forgetting his name, he says that during this time, during the modern time, this 1920s, he's saying there is great confusion about vocation. And there does not need to be. He said vocation, people have started creating this idea that you have to have these warm fuzzies. And you need to have, like, you have to have a, this interior calling from God telling you mm. that you're called to religious life.
3: Almost like and a locution. Almost, almost <laughs> like a locution, exactly.
4: <laughs> and, and people turmoil over it. And people are mm. like, okay, God, wh- what do you want from me? What do you want me to do? And they go in adoration. They do yeah. novenas. They do all these things, begging yeah. God to reveal to them what they should do. But the, this priest makes this, the point very clear. He says, God has called everyone to religious life. St. Paul makes it clear, he said, that he wishes all become like him and give up the good of marriage for the sake of the kingdom of God. Mm. And he says, but those who can't, go get married unless you burn with lust. And, and then even to further the point, it is the highest calling, and God will give you the grace to succeed in it. So what was the only thing that he mm-hmm. said? He said, the only thing that's really necessary is how generous are you? How generous are you with God? Do you want to be generous with God and give up everything? Now, you don't have to. You're not required to. He even gives the example of the rich young man. He said the rich young man did not sin whenever he walked away. He did not sin because he tells – he was a follower of Christ, obviously. And he said, I follow the commandments every day of my life, never violating any of the commandments. And then he says, what more can I do? And our Lord calls him to perfection. He says, okay, well, sell all you have, give to the poor, and come and follow me. And so he
0: walks away sad so um i exactly i don't think you're going to break god's heart you're not going to like you if you choose holy sacrament of matrimony you're not going to destroy god's heart for you you know like that's not a thing i know there's some anxiety out there so you know you have to step out you got to go down a road and if you're choosing to do the good then you're not going to break god's heart in that however so there was some more points made in this article which i found very fascinating which was written by a young lady by the way, and uh, she says there's a lot of cases where Catholics are growing up in families where mom and dad don't get divorced. They stay together, but they're miserable, and they're demonstrating that miserableness to the kids, Mm. and then the kids are confused by that miserableness, and then they think, marriage looks hard. Marriage looks bad. I don't want this. So that's also contributing to uh, younger adults not getting married are waiting longer and longer to get married, pushing that age back, which means you're pushing childbearing back as well. Uh, so very, very fascinating there. In fact, and then you couple that on top of, then there's the message that gets, uh, gets uh, communicated quite often to wait. wait, 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 wait to date, wait to discern, wait, 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 wait. And she says, uh, but rarely we are told when we should be ready for marriage or how to get ready. Rarely were we told when and how to take an active role in finding a spouse with God's assistance. Never were we told when to stop waiting and to start dating. She says, the wait message we received growing up implied that there were guys out there just chomping at the bit to date us when the time came. <laughs> but, they, well, but where were they? She referred to college friends that that we're struggling to find dates and this active social life. And as a parent, I can tell you, yeah, that message is very clear for us to tell our kids, wait, wait, because I've had this conversation with my oldest daughter recently to say, listen, you can't discern a marriage if you're not in a relationship. So you have to have a relationship to begin the true and active process of discerning a marriage. Now, you can, you can discern God's will for your life. You can pray, you can prepare, you can educate yourself on what the church teaches about holy matrimony. What are are the responsibilities? All of those issues can be discussed and thought about and pondered without being in a relationship. But to actually discern a marriage, you have to be in a relationship first. And then the question becomes dating. Well, uh, social dating for the sake of just having a good old time? Yeah, I would discourage that. Dating intentionally, and she talks about dating intentionally, and she's like, that whole intentionality thing can be a a, a a deal breaker, because if everything you do, every relationship you have, every social event you go to has to be under this intentionality banner, boy, you could be saying no more, and she was talking about how well, some ladies were actually saying no to some opportunities because of that intentionality thing. So I can see how that might be a pressure point for some of them, but... Let me read the conclusion to you as we run out of time here. I found this article very fascinating. Again, Catholic World Report. Dot com it says when it comes to dating and marriage, Catholics suffer from the most of the same problems that the secular world suffers from pornography, their parents divorces, lack of responsibility and desire to commit and much more. However, even Catholics who have escaped the snares encounter unique obstacles to marriage. They are told to discern their vocations carefully. And they do sometimes for many agonizing years. They are told to wait to date until they are ready for marriage. So they do, but no one has told them when they will be ready to get ready. No one has told them how uh, to ask for a date, accept a date, go on a date, enjoy a date. Ironically, many have been taught far more about marriage and sex uh, than uh, the beauty of it in God's plan, the dangers of its misuse, than about the many steps they must take before the time of marriage and sex are possible. Learning about NFP and Theology of the Body at 16 in mixed company three years before I was ever going to go on a dinner with a man seems pretty strange now that I think about it. I think there's some life lessons there for both me as a parent and young people. Maybe more on that in the after show. But right now, it's time to play the game show. We're going to learn something. We're going to laugh a little and maybe give out prizes. You could win. Call 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. Call right now.
10: What does the word apologetics
11: mean? The word apologetics is derived from an ancient Greek word apologia or apologia, which means an apology. Not an apology in the modern sense of the word, which is to say you're sorry for something, but rather an apology in the ancient sense of the word, which is to make a reasoned defense of something or someone. In ancient times, the word apology referred to the case a lawyer would make on behalf of his client. So apologetics is about building the case for our faith, learning how to explain and defend our faith. Basically, there are three types of apologetics, natural, Christian, and Catholic. Natural apologetics builds a case for truths that we can know from the natural light of reason, truths that are able to be known without any divine intervention. Truths such as the existence of God, the innate spirituality of the human soul, the objective reality of right and wrong. Truths which the articles of our faith rest upon and build upon. Christian apologetics, on the other hand, builds the case for divinely revealed truths. Truths that cannot be known by reason apart from faith. Truths such as the reality of biblical miracles, the divinity of Christ, the virgin birth, and the resurrection, to name a few. Catholic apologetics encompasses all of Christian apologetics since Catholicism is the fullness of Christianity, but Catholic apologetics tends to focus on those truths of Christianity that are not generally believed by non-Catholic Christians, truths such as the Catholic Church having been founded by Jesus Christ, the Papacy, the Sacraments, the Immaculate Conception, and others. Again, the three main types of apologetics are natural, Christian, and Catholic, And in this course, we will be focusing mainly on Catholic apologetics, how to explain and defend the truths of our Catholic faith. A beacon of
12: truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul.
5: Welcome to another round of Fear
8: and Trembling, (laughs) the Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50
13: chance, and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot, 877-757-9424. And now, your host, Joe
0: McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, and Fear and Trembling. A Catholic trivia game show that has secrets and agendas that you're not allowed to tell anybody at all ever. Don't you're tweet? Are you stop tweeting. Don't do it. Keep this just between us. This is what we call the messianic secret. You got to keep it. Pinky swear. All right.
3: Sounds like a Freemason thing. <laughs>
0: what? No. <laughs> Messianic secret? All right. Uh, anyway, moving on. Uh, so Gnostic. what we need is a caller, most of all. Someone to play the game with us. That phone number is wide open to you right now at 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. That phone number is 877 757 94-24, one more, one more time, 877-757-9424. First caller gets to play the game. All right, so here's how it works, though. Um, we don't ask the caller the questions, so they don't need to know. They may not know a single correct answer, uh, but they could still win the game because instead of asking them, I'm going to ask Rudy, I'm going to ask Adrian. One of which is going to give us a correct answer. The other is going to give us an incorrect answer. But the caller will have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision. Whom do they trust more, Rudy or Adrian? Right. So that's the way it works. Now, we look for teachable moments. We want you to learn your Catholic faith. Right. So we are manipulating you hardcore here. Okay, Don't tell anybody I said that, but this is an absolute manipulation. It's just for me to use. It's just fair and free advice. Uh, We give up prizes, so you laugh, you learn, and you win. It's a winner. Rudy, what could they win? This
3: week, praise be to God, our sponsor is Blessed Catholic. Blessed Catholic collects and restores antique medals, medallions, rosaries, and all kinds of other things, and they give them new life for your particular devotions. Please make sure to check out their Etsy page as well as connect with them on Facebook. If you're on uh, on Meta, as they call it now, the winner this week will receive a handmade Saint Francis pocket rosary, which features a sterling silver crucifix, a Saint Francis centerpiece, and white glass beads. Uh, now, if you want to uh, connect with them on Facebook, you can go to Facebook.com forward slash Blessed Catholic. And if you want to see their wares on their Etsy page, go to Etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash Blessed Catholic. Thank you so much, Blessed Catholic, for sponsoring our game show this week.
0: Praise be to God. Thank you, Blessed Catholic, for your generosity in allowing us to give out prizes to our audience. Amen. We appreciate that very, very much. Let's go to the phones. Deanna, good morning to you. Yes. Praise be to God. Hey, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you.
11: Likewise.
0: What'd you get? What was your favorite Christmas present? Oh uh,
1: I got a lot of Snoopy stuff. Snoopy. I- what? Yes. You're a
0: Snoopy girl? You're a Snoopy fan? No yes. kidding. Wow. Always, do, you, yes. do you have a do you have a dog that you've named Snoopy?
1: No, I do not, but if not I yet. could find a dog like Susie that could drive me places and cook for me, I'd be nice. That would be good.
0: I'm going to argue that's a good thing. Red berry, day. Praise <laughs> be to God. Well, Deanna, we are grateful you are on with us. Where are you calling from, by the way? San Antonio. Oh, San Antonio. The famous, the great incredible, one of the greatest uh, cities in the world, arguably. Um, but it's, okay, Deanna, it's, it's incredible for more than just the fact that I went to high school there. You know that. I mean, you know that. You're from there. You, there's, yeah. there's other yeah. redeeming qualities in addition to uh, me being the 10th grade history student of the year at Justin High School. Which what S- what? what could possibly ass. compete? Um, it's near Hondo, um, God's yeah. country. Yeah, it's near Hondo, which we love. <laughs> uh, but Deanna, where do you go to church? I know the Holy Name. Praise be to God. Catholic Church. We love uh, all the listeners from Holy Name. We have several. Praise be to Jesus. All right. Deanna, are you ready to play the game?
1: Yes, I am.
0: It is uh, all easy question Thursday. So God is shining down favorably upon you today, Deanna. We're going to start with Rudy, Rudy Carlos, which is our church approved tradition, our patrimony. <laughs> Rudy, are you ready? I am ready. Still no tie. No um, tie. Still tracking the data here, the data points, the I looked stats. at the ties and I said, you know what, I'm done with ties. I threw them all away. And you stomped on them, burned them. Yep. I love it. Praise be to God. All right, can you tell me, who is the patron saint of Travelers? Speaking of Snoopy,
3: you know, sometimes he's depicted with a dog head, but mm-hmm. uh, that happens to be
1: St. Christopher. St.
0: <laughs> Christopher. Christopher, you say? Yeah, wow, Christopher. Has he has he traveled? I think Christopher. He's a traveler. I would imagine he so. Right. Yeah, yeah. mean, Was he a van lifer? A travel vlogger? Sort of a van mm, life? An evangelist mm, or some mm. sort? Although my favorite is the, uh, the the train traveler YouTube channels. Those are so fun. I love those. Anyway, Adrian, could you help me out here? Uh, who is the patron saint of travelers?
4: Yes, that would be uh, Saint Eusebius, the uh, Desert Father.
6: Really.
0: Uh, quick question, side question. How many Eusebiuses are there from the early church? And would you call them Eusebi as a whole? Um,
4: I, I don't know. Mm. I'm not, not entirely mm-hmm. certain. Mm-hmm. There may only be mm-hmm. one early I, church Oh, Eusebius hmm. that's a desert father. I think there's more than one. I don't know. Oh, all right, Deanna,
0: know. you got options here. Who was the patron saint of... Travelers, is it Saint Eusebius, the devil, the devil, the Jesuit father, <laughs> as Freudian Slipner, uh, as Adrian seems to think, or is it Saint Christopher, as Rudy suggested? 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong, Deanna? What say you? Well, since
1: Saint Christopher is not from the devil, I will go with Rudy. <laughs> <laughs> So wise.
0: Um, uh, just uh, truth in advertising. Saint Eusebius had nothing to do with the devil. Kind of opposites, but okay. <laughs> uh, awkward. Uh, awkward. Saint Christopher is the correct answer. Congratulations, Sienna. You're in. Praise Jesus. Thank you. Uh, you could win uh, this next one. Easily the easiest question we have asked in the last 10 minutes. Oh, I mean, wow. <laughs> it's a give me. Let's go to Adrian. Adrian, I know that you love an easy question. I do love easy uh, questions. I've seen your Twitter file, and you were like, I love easy questions. So here you go. I'm currently tweeting that out right now. What is the term for wayside shrines mm-hmm. where the crucifixion is shown?
4: Yes, that's called uh, West Side Stories. Or wayside stories? Wow.
0: Mm -hmm. Do do you have to sing when you go to these things?
4: Um, You don't have to. You're perfectly allowed to, though. Do you have to snap your finger? No, no, no. Snapping, you know,
0: it'd be. That's for something else. I see. It's for something else. Uh, All right, uh, let's just get a second opinion here. So, wayside stories, what you said? Yeah, okay, got it. (laughs) All right, uh, Rudy, maybe you can help me out here. What is the term? For the wayside shrines where the crucifixion is shown. We need to restore
3: this in our Western culture. They're known as calvaries. Calvaries? You should consider putting one up at, Mm. uh, at, you know, like the edge of your property there. You know, oh. as people walk by, you know, you okay. see those little yeah. libraries. Yeah. Little, little... Uh, glass
6: doors. Oh, yeah, right. you can open
3: it yeah, get whatever. Very democratic. Mm-hmm. You got to replace those with Calvary's. Calvary's. Yeah, I guess in Calvary, but more than one. You can learn a lot more from looking at the cross than those books in
0: there. All right, Niana, you got options, Deanna. Is it uh, Calvary's, as Rudy wants us to believe, or Wayside West Side stories, as... Adrian suggested. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? What say you?
1: I am going to... Go with
0: Adrian. Mmm. Go oh, with yeah, Rihanna. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> ah, I'm
12: so
8: sorry, Deanna. <sighs> Ooh.
10: Okay,
0: wow.
7: See,
4: Joe, I told you it wasn't the easiest question in the last ten minutes.
0: <laughs> I have no idea what you mean. We haven't asked a harder question in ten this minutes. This is time. the hardest question we've ever had. Uh, so. okay. They, I feel I feel somewhat responsible, Deanna. So uh, the correct answer is Calvary's. It's it's Definitely not West Side Wayside Stories or whatever Adrian said. I totally lost it. But. Totally made sense. But uh, Calvary's is the correct answer. But don't fear... We're definitely getting you in there twice today. All right? So this, okay, thank you. This is easily the easiest question we have asked since the last time we asked an easy question. S- every b- so,
4: so he says. <laughs> 15 so he minutes says, ago. But <laughs> the real question, though, <laughs> so says,
0: is, yeah. is Joe really the uh, uh, tricky one? Uh, All right, moving that's on. <clears throat> moving on. All right, uh, Rudy, we're back to you this time. All right, Rudy, could you tell me? All right. What is the last book of the New Testament?
3: The last book of the New Testament. Well, you know, the, learn all about uh, you know, the life of our Lord. Mm-hmm. What happens? Mm-hmm. He resurrect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Then you Thank end you. with what happens next, which is the Acts of the Apostles. The apostles oh. go and they they spread act. every to every corner of the world They're the actors. gospel. I see. Yeah. So
0: Acts, hmm. of, acts the of the apostles. You're saying? I'm the not talking. To, I'm
3: not talking about the tool, mm-hmm. of the Acts.
0: i I'm talking about okay. their acts. They're acting. They're acting. Orders. I see. Yes. Okay. Axe. Got it. Uh, Adrian, uh, maybe you can help me out. You're often last in things, so maybe oh, wow. this is right up your alley. What is the last book of the New Testament?
4: Yes, that it would be the Apocalypse, which literally means to unveil or mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. to reveal Revelation. What? So the book of the Apocalypse
0: Whoa. is what I'm going with. Okay. All right. Uh, Deanna, you got options. The last book of the Bible, is it the book of... The apocalypse, or some would say revelation, or is it that's what Adrian said? Rudy says it's acts 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Deanna San Antonio, what say you? I would
1: go with Rudy, revelation.
0: I'm going to give it to her. <laughs> you are right. It is revelation. It is it's, it's, it's revelation. Yes. Uh, praise be to God. Well played. Yeah, well played. We're so, so glad that you got in there for that second question because uh, Adrian threw you way off on that middle one. Right. Yeah. I threw her off. So, you know, we all know I joke am going to hold him absolutely accountable when we get off the air. Uh, it's, I'm here to defend you. I'm here to be on your side. We're going to have him (laughs) flogged. Don't you worry. Deanna, well played. Thanks for for having a laugh with us today. We appreciate having you on. Hey, don't go anywhere. And uh, enjoy that San Antonio traffic. (sighs) Just flowing all the time, I'm sure. (laughs) God bless you, Deanna. Hey, that's going to do it for the radio side of our show. Do join us in the after show if you can. We would love to have you. Let's talk about... Why young people aren't getting married and some of those roadblocks and what your experiences are. You can chat directly of one of the live video feeds. Go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT.
2: God bless you. God love you. We'll see you back here tomorrow morning. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired.
6: Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas.
12: Corpus Christi Chapel, home of the Salt community. For more information, please visit salt.net. This morning's Mass is being offered for all of our online viewers and for all those listening on Guadalupe Radio Media.
13: Praise my soul, the King of heaven. To his feet our tribute bring. Ransomed, healed, restored, forgiven. Evermore his praises sing. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Praise the everlasting King. Praise him for his grace and favor to his people in distress. Praise him still the same as ever, slow to chide and swift to bless. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! glorious in his faithfulness in the name of the Father, and of the
12: Son, and of the Holy Spirit. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Brothers and sisters, let us call to mind our sins, and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to Almighty God, and to you, my brothers and sisters,
13: Lord, have mercy. mercy. Christ, have Christ, have have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us
12: pray. Almighty, ever-living God, who governs all things, both in heaven and on earth, mercifully hear the pleading of your people and bestow your peace on our times. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. Amen.
7: A reading from the letter to the Hebrews. Jesus is always able to save those who approach God through him, since he lives forever to make intercession for them. It was fitting that we should have such a high priest, holy, innocent, undefiled, separated from sinners, higher than the heavens. He has no need, as did the high priests, to offer sacrifice day after day, first for his own sins and then for those of the people. He did that once for all when he offered himself. For the law appoints men subject to weakness to be high priests, but the word of the oath, which was taken after the law, appoints a son who has been made perfect forever. The main point of what has been said is this. We have such a high priest who has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven, a minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle, that the Lord, not man, set up. Now every high priest is appointed to offer gifts and sacrifices, thus the necessity for this one also to have something to offer. If then he were on earth, he would not be a priest, since there are those who offer gifts according to the law. They worship in a copy and shadow of the heavenly sanctuary, as Moses was warned when he was about to erect the tabernacle. For God says, See that you make everything according to the pattern shown you on the mountain. Now he has obtained so much more excellent a ministry, as he is mediator of a better covenant and acted on better promises. The word of the Lord. Here am I, Lord. I come to do your will.
12: I come to do your will.
7: Sacrifice or oblation you wished not, but ears open to obedience you gave me. Burnt offerings or sin offerings you sought not. Then said I, behold, I come.
12: Here I am, Lord, I come to do your will.
7: In the written scroll it is prescribed for me to do your will, O my God is my delight and your law is within my heart. Here I am, Lord, I come to do your will. I announced your justice in the vast assembly. I did not restrain my lips, as you, O Lord, know. Here I am, Lord, I come to do your will. May all who seek you exult and be glad in you. And may those who love your salvation say ever, The Lord be glorified.
12: Here I am, Lord, I come to do your will.
13: Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Our Savior Jesus Christ has destroyed death and brought life to light through the gospel. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia.
12: The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Jesus withdrew toward the sea with his disciples. A large number of people followed from Galilee and from Judea. Hearing what he was doing, a large number of people came to him also from Jerusalem, from Edumea, from beyond the Jordan, and from the neighborhood of Tyre and Sidon. He told his disciples to have a boat ready for him because of the crowd, so that they would not crush him. He had cured many, and as a result Those who had diseases were pressing upon him to touch him. And whenever unclean spirits saw him, they would fall down before him and shout, You are the Son of God. He warned them sternly not to make him known. The Gospel of the Lord. morning's Liturgy of the Word really speaks to us about salvation. In the letter to the Hebrews, Jesus is presented as the unique mediator between God and man, that he is able to save those who approach God through his intercession. This is the consistent message of Hebrews, that Jesus is the one true high priest. It is his offering which redeems and which saves us, and he is the unique mediator between God and man. In the gospel in many ways we see a similar message and that is in recognizing more and more who Jesus is people are coming from all over the place just to touch Jesus in order to be saved, in order to be healed. In thinking of this process of salvation and how Jesus is the one who heals us with his light and with his truth and with his redeeming sacrifice, I was reminded of our Pope Benedict XVI, recently deceased, in his encyclical letter on hope when he describes very beautifully how this process of salvation and justification and judgment may take place at the end of our life. In particular, I'll get to the quote in a second, he's commenting a little bit on what St. Paul says that at the end of our life, before the judgment seat of Christ, the work of our life goes through a kind of purifying fire. And all the impurities, all the straw and nonsense of our life gets burned up. And then we see what foundation has remained. But St. Paul says that that fire, it burns, but we also can be healed and saved through that fire. And this is how Pope Benedict XVI described it. The fire which both burns and saves is Christ himself, the judge and savior The encounter with him is the decisive act of judgment. Before his gaze, all falsehood melts away. This encounter with him, as it burns us, transforms and frees us, allowing us to become truly ourselves. All that we build up during our lives can prove to be mere straw, pure bluster, and it collapses. Yet in the pain of this encounter, When the impurity and sickness of our lives become evident to us, there lies salvation. His gaze, the touch of his heart heals us through an undeniably painful transformation as through fire. But it is a blessed pain in which the holy power of his love sears through us like a flame, enabling us to become totally ourselves and thus totally of God. In this way, the interrelation between justice and grace also becomes clear. The way we live our lives is not immaterial, but our defilement does not stain us forever if we have at least continued to reach out towards Christ, towards truth, and towards love. Indeed, it has already been burned away through Christ's passion. At the moment of judgment, we experience and we absorb the overwhelming power of his love over all the evil in the world and in ourselves. The pain of love becomes our salvation and our joy. End quote. It's a beautiful description how really in the perfect light of Jesus Christ at our judgment we will see ourselves for as we truly are and for how we have shaped and made ourselves by the decisions of our life and there will be no excuses there won't be justifications to be made it'll simply be here we are naked before god for what we've made of our life and if we've continued to grasp out to jesus the one true savior the one mediator between god and us in his love in his love in his light and in that searing fire we will be purified and become the people that god wants us to be. My brothers and sisters, this really describes the process of life that we are already in right now. That as we strive to live in the truth and the light and life of Jesus Christ, we want to become people who are totally of God and who are totally who we are meant to be in the eyes of God because that is where our true identity lies. And the culture that we live in which tries to promote so much Falsity and false ideologies that deceive people and lead them away from God and away from happiness. All of it is merely a temptation compared to what Jesus offers us to live in his light and life and to truly become the people he has called us to be. And so today we give thanks to God for the gift of our Savior Jesus Christ, for the gift of his redemption, for the fact that he has revealed who God is to us and thereby has also revealed who we are called to be in the eyes of God. Let us pray that we will always strive to live in his image and likeness and in his light. Amen. Trusting in our Father's love and mercy, let us bring our petitions before him. We pray for our Holy Father, Pope Francis, for his physical and spiritual needs. We pray to the Lord. We pray for all bishops and government leaders that they would be guided by the wisdom and counsel of the Holy Spirit in their decisions. We pray to the Lord. We pray for the sick and the suffering. They would be given consolation in their faith and the courage and perseverance to unite their sufferings with Christ on the cross. We pray to the Lord. We pray for our family, friends, benefactors. For those joining us online and through Guadalupe Radio Media and for all those enrolled in the Salt Mass Association, we pray to the Lord. We pray for an increase in vocations to the sacred priesthood and religious life, we pray to the Lord. And for those intentions that we hold in our heart, we pray to the Lord. Merciful Father, we thank you for hearing our petitions and granting our prayers through Christ our Lord.
10: Jesus, lover of my soul, let me to thy bosom fly. While the nearer waters roll, While the hot tempest still is high, Hide me, O my Savior, hide, Till the storm of life be past, Safe into the haven guide, O oh, receive give my soul at last.
12: Pray, brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God the Almighty Father. Grant us, O Lord, we pray, that we may participate worthily in these mysteries. For whenever the memorial of this sacrifice is celebrated, the work of our redemption is accomplished through Christ our Lord.
13: The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your heart. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God.
10: It is right and just.
13: It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks. Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, for although you have no need of our praise, Yet our thanksgiving is itself your gift. Since our praises add nothing to your greatness, but profit us for salvation through Christ our Lord. And so in company with the choirs of angels, we praise you, and with joy we proclaim Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabao, Pleni Celi Terra, Gloria Tua. Hosanna in excelsis, Benedictus, Qui venit in nomine Domini. Hosanna,
12: the blood of the new and eternal covenant which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me.
13: The mystery of faith When we eat this bread and drink this cup for ever and ever. Amen. Preceptis salutare moniti, et divina institutione formati, audemus indicere. Pater noster, es in celis, sanctifice tuur nomen tuum, Adveniat regnum tuum, fiat voluntas tua, sicud in celo et in terra, panem nostrum coditianum da nobis hodie, et dimite nobis debita nostra, sicud et nos dimitimus debitoribus nostris, Et ne nos inducas in tentationem, sed libera nos a Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory to you now and forever Lord
12: Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, peace I leave you, my peace I give you, look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. peace. peace.
13: Agnus Dei, qui tollis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. Agnus Dei, qui tollis peccata Miserere nobis Agnus Dei Quittolis pecatamundi Dona nobis pacem
12: Behold the Lamb of God, behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed.
7: For those who are unable to receive our Lord in Holy Communion at this time,
10: Jesus, my Lord, my God, my all, How can I love Thee as I ought? And how revere this wondrous gift So far surpassing hope poor thought. Sweet sacrament with thee adore. O make us love thee more and more. O make us love thee more and more. Sweet sacrament with thee adore. O make us love Thee more and more. O make us love Thee more and more.
12: Let us pray. pour on us, O Lord, the spirit of your love, and in your kindness make those you have nourished by this one heavenly bread, one in mind and heart, through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. Bow your heads and pray for God's blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Amen. Amen. May he let his face shine upon you and show you his mercy. May he turn his countenance towards you and give you his peace. And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit come down on you and remain with you forever. Go and announce the gospel of the
13: Lord. Immaculate Mary, your praises we sing. You reign now in splendor with Jesus, our King. Ave, ave, ave Maria. Ave, ave, Maria. In heaven the blessed thy glory proclaim. On earth we thy children invoke thy fair name. Ave, Ave. ave.
2: Thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord. Amen.
12: Celebrating 2,000 years of truth, this is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul.
2: Joan Smith from St. Elizabeth and Seton,